Welcome to Heirloom Meals with Carol Murko. Carol will walk you down a food memory lane with new guests each week, sharing stories about treasured family recipes, stories, tips, and more. Savoring yesterday's tradition, Carol is a culinary artist who learned how to cook by observing her mother and grandmother since the age of three. Throughout her life, Carol has emulated their passion for entertaining, cooking, and feeding friends and family. I'm Carol Murko, and this is Heirloom Meals Radio, a show about treasured family recipes, stories, and tips savoring yesterday's traditions today. We record from the Heirloom Meals Kitchen in Stockbridge, Massachusetts in the Berkshire Hills of Western Mass. I don't know about you, but I have not spoken to or met a single person that doesn't have a vivid food memory or who doesn't get nostalgic about a meal, a particular dish, or the process of making a meal with their mom, dad, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, or special family friend. Through each of my guests, I want to take you back to those memories. But today... We have a special treat. For the next three weeks, I am doing a three-part series with Rioja wine region expert, Ana Fabiano. I have discovered that the Riojan region of Spain is a wonderful subject for Heirloom Meals Radio. It is steeped in tradition and history, combining generational knowledge of grape growing and winemaking with modern technology. In the three-part series, Ana and I will explore and share stories of the region itself We'll discuss history, tradition, and culture. Just hearing Anna's description of the region will make you want to jump on a plane to Spain, bask in the warm and welcoming embrace of the Riojans. So let me, and then we'll invite Anna back for the next two weeks for a more in-depth discussion of the different wines of the region and some ideal food pairings. I have even developed some recipes to share. So let's not waste another minute and welcome Anna. Anna, how are you? And thank you so much. This is such an exciting series to start with you. Oh, it's wonderful to be here, Carol. We're, Rioja and I, we're so thrilled to be able to share our lands and our wines and our people with, with your listeners. So okay. it's very exciting. Excellent. And what I failed to mention is that Anna has written this amazing book, and um, which I have, which will just actually, once you get the book, you're totally going to want to book a, book your flight. The Wine <laughs> Regions of Rioja. Um, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a history of the region. The pictures are phenomenal. And, and you just, you fall in love. I mean, there's just, there's just something about, I don't know if it's your writing style or just, you know, probably the connection that you have with that region and the way you describe it. So, but before we quite get into that, I always like people to know a little bit about you, Anna. So, um, so let's, you know, kind of put you in context <laughs> and tell, oh. tell me a little bit about yourself, how you became involved with Spanish wines and in particular the Riojans. Well, it's it's an interesting journey, Carol, but many, few decades ago, uh, I went to study in Spain during the transition to democracy, and it was a, a fascinating time to be in a country that was reclaiming its freedom. Mm. Uh, much like the things that we've gone through in this country, Spain for more than half of the 20th century went through a civil war and... and uh, dictatorship, which in that period of time was the, Franco was the dictator in the longest period of longevity. And I, I fell in love with the country and came back here and, to make a long story short, uh, opened a Wines from Spain Center um, as the country began to privatize. And at that period in history, 
there were only three principal winemaking regions, one being Cava, um, for sparkling wines, Jerez, and Rioja. Um, so that's, that's where my journey began. And uh, Rioja has now reached great heights and is really, in a small league, considered to be one of the five greatest red wine regions of the world. So it's, it's been a beautiful journey to move with the country and to move with the region and the family and the people behind these wines. Mm, it's just really... It's very just, inspiration. Really, yeah. truly. And um, so talk to me a little bit about that, because what I, you know, what I gleaned from speaking with you prior to this interview, but also in reading the book, is that, you know, we're talking about a wine region that dates back, you know, tw- you know 1,200 years of, right? I mean, there, it's, it's, it's ancient, right? <laughs> like, yes, that's, um, and that's wonderful that you're able to capture that, too, from, from my book, because... A large part of what I what really inspired me was to be able to be a voice for the land and for the people. There, this is the first book by a U.S. publisher on the wine region of Rioja. And a lot of the, the story of this treasured special place has not been told outside its boundaries or physical boundaries. So Rioja's history, like many of old world European great wine regions, is steeped in, in ancient history and also the history of the, the monastic community where a lot of our winemaking uh, began to take its root system as a region. Mm. Uh, so that's our, our ancient history and then our classic history and our modern history as Rioja has evolved throughout time. And so, you know, it's also not, it's, it's, it's a, not a very, it's a, not a very large region. Right? Did you tell me it was 70 miles long by 30 miles wide? Um, yes. and, and you described it as a small, big, rich place. <laughs> it is. It's what, you know, similar to the, the big little things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, Rioja is very much a, a place like that. It's, it's a small region that is bountiful in, in the terroir, uh, which is the climate and the soil and the conditions uh, that make it perfect for winemaking, um, and also a, a beautiful and wonderful place to visit. Rioja is about three and a half hours by car north of Madrid. Um, it's about an hour south from Bilbao, where the Guggenheim Museum mm-hmm. is located. It, you can drive about three and a half hours um, over the Pyrenees Mountains from Bordeaux, Spain, to access Rioja. So it's, it's a place that is easy to get to and easy to explore and is very bountiful in, in what you can have there and still very much in the hands of the people, which I find something that's very stimulating and very inspiring. It's, it's a region that is very much in, in the hands of the people that grow the grapes, that make the wine, and, and that's important. And, you know, so on that vein, you know, so th- there's clearly, you know, deep roots and, you know, and generations of winemakers. And so talk to me about, because really, you know, when you talk about terroir and, you know, and and history, I think of, you know, that, that deep connection to the land, right? And then, and yet, you know, we're now... You know, we're it's 2016. Um, you know, we've got modern technology. You know, talk to me about that balance, right, between like old and new and the new generations, and um, and 
in this region? Because it, it seems very alluring to me. Yeah, it is alluring. And, and I think it's a, a confluence of pieces that contribute to it. You know, I love NPR. <laughs> I listen to NPR um, politically. I listen to NPR in many ways. And I, and I, and I think that uh, a lot of different components come into really defining a place. And Spain's recent history is one of them that has to do, I think, coming out of the 20th century, we had so many families that wanted to honor their tradition and their region and their identity, but this tremendous thirst to be unleashed and to move forward and to progress. And Rioja, more than any other region in Spain, I, I firmly believe has found that balance of honoring those two pieces. Mm -hmm. And one example of that is in that we have our indigenous grape varieties, a region that don't allow for uh, foreign grape varieties and really cultivate our indigenous grape varieties. And that's one way to really honor your tradition that you have. Um, we're also a region that is still very much in the hands of the people um, with self-contained land ownership. We have over 16,000 grower cards uh, distributed on 110,000 plots of land. So any region right away, if you hear that, it's not in the hands of foreign investors or celebrity money or aristocratic families. It's in the hands of the growers. And that piece, uh, I think, also is, is another one that is, is very very significant and has a lot to do with how the region has evolved in its classic history and its modern history as well. Mm, I love that fact. I just, that's, um, that is actually just fascinating, actually, <laughs> when you think yeah, about... Yeah, you know, being, um, also being, you know, a, a food expert that you are, sometimes when I do consumer presentations, I kind of akin it to... Um, for people that are just starting to explore wine or might just want to start investing in wine and, you know, they don't have big wallets or big uh, budgets, I, you know, often akin it to a box of chocolates. You know, then so you open up a box of chocolates and you want to be able to try different things that really give an identity of, of place and taste. And in the world of wine, we, we want that too. You know, we, we want to be able to taste indigenous grape varieties and wines that are representative of that place. Mm. Today, as you said, with modern technology, with technology and money, you can make wine anywhere. Right. But to represent a culture, to represent a tradition, um, is something that can't be fabricated. It can't be replicated. Um, it can't be bought. Right. And I think that's a piece that has always really inspired me about Rioja and inspired me to do my research, a lot of what is beyond what was able to be published in my book, and and to continue working with the wines and the families. Yeah, there's something romantic about it. I don't know, just something... Just, it's authentic. Yeah. You know, I think that's part of, you know, some a, a true romance, whether it's in the moment or, or it's for mm -hmm. a lifetime, it's... It, it moves you, right? Right. You know, it's, it's something that's able to, to move you inside in your interior and, you know, your heart, your soul, your body. And that definitely happens with these wines and these families. And I'm, I'm mm. glad that it came through in my book because that was, 
um, that's what the work was about. Oh, absolutely. So. And, and, and just in just listening to you now and, and hearing how you describe the region. Um, so one of the things that, um, it kind of was apparent and moved me in the book too, where you, you really featured some of the, the different families, right. Um, that, uh, that, grew were growers and 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 the generational aspects and and one of the growers that you had mentioned was alvaro is it palaccio is that how you say his name how do you yes, alvaro palaccio. yes. <laughs> i'm not i'm not i don't speak spanish very at all so so i apologize no, that's fine. <laughs> um but you know to me you know you had a quote and i i wrote it down and said um describing him, it is the logic of the land that defines his decisions as a winemaker. You know, like to me that, that is, that's a beautiful statement about this person. So talk to me a little bit about him and how, you know, why you could describe him that way. Well, that, that was actually Alvaro's quote. Oh, it was his quote. Okay. (laughs) And we, you know, uh, I really featured in the book, um, Winemakers. I feature five great men of Rioja and five great women of Rioja mm-hmm. that were professionals that I had journeyed with through the course of my my career um, in some way, and could have been early. And Alvaro is actually one of them who we met in 1987, and we were both young professionals at that time. And Alvaro is making wines in a few different regions, but he's a born and bred Riojan through and through and is making gorgeous wines in the Rioja Baja. So really, I think many of great winemakers will, will get to a point where they'll step back and they'll let the expression of the vine and the grape variety, and I also think the relationship with the grape variety mm-hmm. has something to do with it. Yeah. It's very common in Rioja to have winemakers who are frequently in their vineyards. Mm. Um, or that their family has been growing vines for many generations. Uh, for example, in Rioja, harvest, celebrating harvest is just as important as Christmas. Um, you need to show up for harvest. <laughs> if they're just harvesting, you know, some family vineyards that they have and hosting a meal, it's, it's something that's just part of their being. So talk to me about harvest a little bit, because um, I'm imagining it is both hard work and a lot of fun. And so, you know, tell me about like a typical harvest and, you know, what somebody would experience, you know, being present, you know, as it, it being just as important as Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You know, Spain is Spain's an amazing country. And I I think one of the things that defines it as a nation is this tremendous, uh, affection and exuberance to celebrate festivals. Mm-hmm. And there's festivals for many, many different things throughout the entire country. And in Rioja, there's many different fantastic festivals as well. But one of the biggest ones, of course, is the Harvest Festival, which is in September and called San Mateo. Uh, one of the epicenters also of our, um, our wine villages is our second largest wine wine town, actually, village, Aro, uh, which is H-A-R-O, and it's located in Rioja Alta, and it's the epicenter of all, really, what are our centenary wineries, which are wineries that are over 100 years old. And last year, they celebrated the first festival um, of Aro, 
which was called the Barrio de la Estación, and it's a weekend uh, celebrating these centenary wineries and different types of tastings, and the city of Arles, which along with London and Paris was the first city in Europe to have electricity in 1900. Wow. So festivals are, are just, you know, equivalent to a U.S. snow day. Everything just <laughs> stops dead in its tracks uh, for festivals. So harvest in Rioja is celebrated by almost, I think, five days of, of festivals that take place in our capital city, which is Logroño. And um, there is music and uh, there's stomping of the grapes and there's uh, tapas and, and wine and blessing of the grapes. Mm. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's what's inculcated in the people and in their life. Um, so it's, it's wonderful to be able to, to experience uh, harvest in Rioja. Mm. This year our harvest was actually uh, qualified as very good in 2015, and also the earliest harvest in history, I think because of our in, our environmental global warming, so right. to speak, um, yeah. harvest has been accelerated throughout the world and also also in Europe. But the San Mateo Festival takes place September 21st for that whole week, and it's, um, I don't know how they celebrate harvest in other regions of the world and other countries, but um, to celebrate harvest or plan a visit, in or around harvest in Rioja would would definitely be uh, gratifying for whoever decided to do that. For mm, sure. It does. It sounds like it would be amazing. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm Carol Mirko. This is Heirloom Meals Radio, a radio show about treasured family recipe stories and tips. And uh, we have Ana Fabiano with us for a, a three-part series on the Riojan um, wine region of Spain. And this uh, first of the series, we're just having a wonderful discussion about just the wine region itself, its history, traditions, and culture. Um, and then if you guys uh, tune in for the next two weeks, we'll be actually talking about some of the wines in depth and perfect food pairings. Um, so Ana... As we were, you know, talking about all of this, you had mentioned to me when we were we spoke uh, a few weeks ago about um, the tradition of having a choco. Is that what you call it? <laughs> yes, um, that's that's perfect, Carol. Yeah, choco and that. Yes, <laughs> and I just loved, loved, loved it. And I think this really kind of, I think, kind of really paint the picture of what this region and Spain is all about. So can you describe that? I think it's just a, a perfect, perfect thing to, to, to chat about. Yeah, it is. It's interesting because I was just, you know, I love to research. I, I, I'm just, uh, I love to research, I'm a research geek. But I was just <laughs> last night looking up um, some things that we were going to talk about. One of them actually that I looked up again was, was the concept of choco. But Rioja is, um, we'll talk about this more, on, on our other show, especially when we get into our, our, our red wines of Rioja, our gorgeous, beautiful red wines. But um, Rioja is a DOC, which means a denomination of origin that's qualified. It has very high quality control standards, and also that all of the wines that we produce are bottled. None of, we don't have any bulk production at all in Rioja. They're very fine wines. So the DOC of Rioja is really what protects all of our 144 villages that are authorized to grow grapes for our wines. 
But the region itself, in terms of, you know, our equivalent here would be states, um, what would be considered providences, uh, encompasses three different uh, areas, one being La Rioja, uh, which is the provincial region. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one is Alava, which is part of the Basque country. And the third one is Navarra, um, which was, of course, before Castile and the kings that reconquered Spain, their two greatest kingdoms were the kingdom of Navarra and the kingdom of Castile. Mm -hmm. So Alava is our Basque country that is really all located in, under the DOC of Rioja on the left bank of the Ebro River. And we're going to be tasting um, one Basque wine in, in our flight, uh, which is from the Rioja Alavesa in our reds, which is absolutely stunning, Il Statu Crianza. And it's going to be very exciting um, on our next show when we're able to, to taste that wine together. But in the Basque country, the tradition of gastronomy and food, of course, is, is very, very significant and important. In the city of San Sebastian, which is a coastal city that has the largest concentration of Michelin-starred restaurants in the world. And the Basques just love gastronomy, and they have this, this history of having a choco. And a choco is, was originally, they were gastronomy clubs that were held in kind of like a, a small place, I guess, the U.S. equivalent, if you had to envision it, would might, might be an Elks Club or a Lions Club. And they were all predominantly men's clubs. Wow. Um, ironically uh, so. And where they would go to experiment cooking and prepare meals and share their culture and their language and their history. And I actually, I went to a Choco uh, in the Basque Country on a trip where I was researching for my book. And it was, it was, this is fascinating to see. So that is the official interpretation of a choco. But kind of the lingo interpretation of a choco or the, the scaled down version would be gathering with friends, um, to just maybe, you know, uh, have some lamb chops on an old vine around a fire and share a glass of wine and sit around and talk, um, and gather for food. So chocos have different interpretations, mm -hmm. um, but it, it just really is a way of the importance of sharing quality food and quality wine and quality conversation and connection time. Uh, it's, it's something that really is overarching uh, in, in, in Rioja. Which is, you know, one of the things that you had uh, talked to me about as well is 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 really how hospitable um, the Spanish are and that, you know, really breaking bread and sharing wine are, you know, kind of at the top of the list of things most they most wanted to do. <laughs> like, um, you know, whereas sometimes in the United States, it seems like, you know, we don't really have those, you know, we, we don't have those traditions right i mean we're like a melting pot like you might have the tradition within the you know microcosm of your family unit but you know we don't really have deeply you know deep regional maybe the south probably more than any other place in the united states but you know we don't have those regional connections right to the land and traditions that like a, a region like rioja would yeah, I very, I very much agree with you, Carol. I think that's, you know, and it really, 
um, to just really mirror the theme of what your show is, you know, savor yesterday's traditions today. It's about savoring, right. um, savoring life and savoring time. Uh, Rioja is, is a region that is about an hour and 15 minutes from the coast, and Spain is a peninsula with 3,000 miles of coastline. And we found that, you know, historically, it was really a lot of the the, the wine regions from the coastal places that really had much more of an export policy or a tradition. And Riojans, you know, it's, it's taken time to get them to come abroad and promote their wines and work with their wines um, because they live very comfortably. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in this gorgeous place, as you can see the photography in my book, which for all Riojan photographers, um, that's embraced by almost like a shawl of 40 thousand hectares of interlocking mountain ranges mm. yeah. which are beautiful and protective and have so much to do with the terroir of the region and they have incredible wine and wonderful food and they they savor life in, in an important way and and prioritize living life on, on a quality basis. So that's a, a factor that, that really comes into play with you know, savoring traditions and also having rich agricultural products that don't require a lot of adornment, which, you know, mm -hmm. we'll see in some of the, when we explore some of the recipes and some of the other shows. That, right, um, right. And um, so, yeah, so one of the, the things that really struck me is, you know, so we've got, you know, this, this region that is, is kind of rich in, tradition that you know kind of dates back centuries um with the, with you know kind of the the next generation winemaker kind of coming coming into their own like you know the daughters and the sons and um and you know and so speaking of the daughters like talk to me a little bit about the the women winemakers because you know what the heck we're two women having a conversation here we should we should talk about the women <laughs> like uh -huh. um well there's uh, you know, there's a lot of fantastic women winemakers in Rioja right now and also in the world of wine, mm -hmm. which, is, which is really quite wonderful. And one of them that I, I feature in my book, Maria yeah. Martinez mm -hmm. um, from Bodegas Montesillo, she's now retired, but she really was the first woman to make a mono varietal, which means 100% Tempranillo mm. wine in Rioja. And uh, both Maria and Elena Abel, from Campo Viejo that are both featured in my book, really entered into the world of wine making um, when it just was not accepted uh, for women. And and now a lot of the, the female winemakers in Rioja um, have gone to school and been schooled at the University of Rioja and are making some of the most prestigious and wonderful wines in Rioja. One of them that we'll be tasting in the red wine tasting lineup is the Morietta Reserva, um, which is made by uh, a woman who is actually from the village of Aro, um, but it was always her dream to, to work at Morietta, and she did her thesis there, and and it's a, it's a wonderful story how she ended up becoming the winemaker there. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it's just it's a really terrific um just region and uh I, i'm just like i said completely enamored um you know both by you know from reading your book and and chatting with you and and hearing about 
just uh, I don't know. It's 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 almost like I, I'm going to go back to the word romantic. I mean, there's something to me that just beckons, right? That just says, "Come and you know, experience this very traditional place um, that honors you know the land and the farmers." And you know, I love what you said too. That you know, it's there. You know, there's how many you know. Um, winemakers versus like the celebrity, you know, kind of large tract, you know, with the celebrity uh, attached to it here in the United States, like we have, um, you know, it's just so wonderful to have th th just that individualism, right? That's still there, like, which you almost think sh it would be more United States, right? For th the land of individualism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think the romance, you know, sometimes. I guess more in the United States, we have this allure by mm -hmm. by certain industries that we you know think can be you know romantic, and so we try to to recreate them you know in some way. But uh, you know, as I said earlier, you, you you know, a culture, a way of life, is inculcated in a place or as a tradition. Yep. You know, yep. I, I'm sure that you've had many experiences with recipes and families and people that it's inculcated in them. Totally. So in that regard, there's certain places of the world that have that. And yeah. Rioja is, is one of them. It's, mm. There's a lot of authenticity that lives within the place. Yes. Well, um, we're kind of rounding into the last 30 seconds, believe it or not. So, um, so in conclusion, um, well, why don't we just kind of sign off because Everybody, you are so lucky that we're going to have uh, Anna back next week and the following week to uh, to discuss actually the wines themselves and you know kind of taste them. You're going to have to taste them with us, through us, um, or experience them through us. Um, and so this is Carol Marco of Heirloom Meals Radio. Uh, we just spent a wonderful half hour with Anna Fabiano uh, discussing the region of Rioja, Spain. And please stay tuned for next the next two weeks as. Anna and I continue to explore in depth these wines and um, their perfect food pairing. So, Anna, thank you so much for joining me. And until next week, uh, this is Carol Murko of Heirloom Meals. Heirloom Meals Radio with Carol Murko is conceived, written, and hosted by Carol, produced in cooperation with WHDDRobinHoodRadio.com. For more information on Carol and Heirloom Meals, on the web, HeirloomMeals.com, on Twitter, Twitter.com, front slash Heirloom Meals, and on Facebook, Facebook.com, front slash Heirloom Meals with Carol Murko.